Father, thank you for this morning and this opportunity to come together as a church, as a body of Christ, Lord, your children, that we can come and sing songs and, and uh, worship you with our songs. And, and on top of that, Lord, worship you as we get ready to open up your word. God, I thank you that you have given us all that we need for life and godliness. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to align our wills to yours. Uh, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, Lord, that, um, that you would speak to them. God, that you would touch them this morning with what it is that we're going to be speaking about, Lord. I pray that, uh, Lord, as a body, we would be loving and caring to one another. And, and Lord, that this would just be a great opportunity for those to, uh, to come to know you and know the God that we love. Um, Father, this morning, as we get ready to open up your word, God, I ask that you would help me. Help me to stay focused. Help me to not say things that I want to say, Lord, but only say the things that you want and what you desire, Lord. And help us to hear these things, God. And I pray, most importantly, that you just soften our hearts. Uh, Lord, sometimes we can be so hard at, at some things because we have our own way about it. And Lord, I just pray that you would soften us. Our, our heart's desire is that we would leave here differently with the information that has been given to us and how you have met us here and that we would be different than what we came in. God, we love you so much. We thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 1. I'm just going to read the whole thing and then just go through it and break it down that way. Now, concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Verse 7. However, there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some, with consciousness of the idol until now, eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. And I know, all of you are like, man, I'm so glad you decided to teach on this topic because that's exactly what we're struggling through, right? It's not, and I know that. But what he's really truly talking about is conflict and how to handle conflict. See, if you open up to the very beginning of Corinthians, in chapter 1, in chapter 1, verse 10, this is what he addresses the church. He says, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And he goes on to say, hey, because I know there's some contentions among you guys. So there's some stuff was going on in the church. 
First century church. And a lot of the times we think, man, if we just get back to the first century at its purest and at its finest, no, this church was jacked up. Which is okay because we're jacked up too. And there's things that we go through. But here's the thing. We, we talk about this and he brings up this whole concept of meat being offered up to idols. And we're like, well, well I don't get it. Here's the thing. Don't lose sight of this. It's not about the meat. The conflict that they were having was a conflict within themselves, but it wasn't about the meat. And I'll give you guys a little story that happened in my life. So we had some friends over to the house, and we got pizza. We had some pizza and, and um, had some friends over, and then my daughter ended up, ended up coming over with her boyfriend. And, you know, we're all hanging out, and my wife gets some pizza, and she gives it to our daughter. I'm like, yeah, of course. I see them walk out with the pizza, no sweat. I continued talking to our friends. Our friends ended up leaving. My wife starts getting ready, and because I'm a fatty and I love pizza, especially Domino's Buffalo Chicken Pizza, right? If you haven't tried it, you're going to understand my struggle right now, okay? So, so I go, and I want to get a few more slices before bed. So I go and I open up the boxes of pizza, and mind you, there was a few boxes still left over. I open them, I'm like, where's my pizza? That's, that's my, like, I, got that, I wanted that pizza. I even got an extra pizza because I wanted some left over. And my wife's in the other room, and I'm like, babe, you gave away my pizza? And she didn't say anything, and I'm, I'm mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? So she comes in, and she's like, what's wrong? I said, you gave away my pizza? You gave Lex my pizza? And she's like, she wanted some pizza. I was like, now, mind you, at the same time also, my, my daughter's pregnant at the time. So I know, I sound like a complete jerk. My opinion, my opinion is if you want to act like an adult, then go be an adult. I shouldn't have to treat you like a child and continue to provide for you. Get your own dang pizza. <laughs> I know, my poor family. So I'm, I'm a little in my feelings. My wife, bless her heart, she goes into the room, she gets in bed, and I, you know, get everything ready, go to bed, and then here's this opportunity. Right, we all face this. What am I gonna do? All right, it's bedtime. We didn't have an argument, but this can really turn into an argument. What's gonna happen here? So. Typically what I do, because I throw a fit and I'm a child sometimes, you know, you know what it's like, you get in the bed and then you want to sit on, you want to sleep furthest away possible, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. And I'm glad you guys are laughing because now I don't feel like I'm the only one, okay? <laughs> Seriously. You want to be at the furthest away possible because we didn't handle the dispute. We didn't settle it. But I didn't do that. And so as like a, a little peace treaty, right, like an olive branch, I go to rubber back, and I'm like, two things are gonna happen. She's either gonna elbow me, or, you know what I mean? Or she's gonna embrace it. And I go and I rub her back, and she's like, you know, she's like, you didn't have to yell at me. And I was like, you know what, you're right. She's like, we've come a long way in trying to not let little things, you know, get to a point where we're arguing and, and fighting over it. You didn't have to yell at me. I was like, you're right. And then she said this, and this is why I bring it up. She's like, and I also realized that it's not about the pizza. Man, I'm so glad she said that. I'm so glad, because I just felt like a freaking baby, right? So I'm so glad she said that, because it's not about the pizza. Just like this section right here, guys. Here, here's the thing, and I say this, because it's not about the meat. It's not about the meat, and that's what Paul is addressing. So let's go to the heart of the matter, and that's what Paul's gonna say in these first few verses. Okay, so as we open up verse one, he says, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. He addresses this big, huge topic. See, the Corinthian believers believed, hey, we know these things, and this is how the Greeks kind of were. And it says, we have knowledge. 
And you should know, because if you don't know, well, then you know what? Too bad on your part, because we know. And so he brings up this quote and this saying that they had back then, is that we all know that we have knowledge. Well, great. He goes on to say, in verse 2, and if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. Kind of the saying that we have, like, you think you know, but you have no idea. And then in verse 3, he lays this on them. He says, but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. One of the big things that I really want us to ask this morning, ask ourselves, because as I was studying, this is what I was asking myself, is who do you want to be known by? Because too many times we act and operate in certain ways because we have a certain reputation that we want to uphold, and that's, that's what we want to be known by. And depending on who we want to be known by, we will act accordingly to that. And listen to what he says. It's not about your knowledge and about what you know. It's about who knows you. That's what you need to be focused on. Man, if I want to be known by God, what does it say? It says, if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. So before he even opens up this whole thing of idol and, and meat and all this other stuff, before he opens up any of that, he's like, let's address the heart of the matter. There's one group of people because of the knowledge and what they know concerning idol worship. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters on how you love. And that's the problem. And that's what causes these divisions. So, in, and then verse four, he says this. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we live. Guys, everybody worships. Everybody worships. The world worships, even if they don't believe in the God that we believe, they worship. And even if they don't believe in these other like little mini deities, they still worship. It's Sunday morning, right? There's, there's many people, many priests, let's say, in priest clothes that are going to have some kind of festivity to their, to their gods today, right? You're like, what are you talking about? They're in priest clothes. Some of them are known as jerseys, right? Right? And they're going to have burnt offerings as hot dogs and hamburgers, right? So look, everybody worships. And we know, listen, we know that, it, so that's in, in a broader context. But let's go to a, a more generalized context where people that believe in karma and Buddhism and Muslims and all this other stuff. They offer up things to idols. My boys, it's super hilarious because my boys have a friend and his family is Buddhist. And, you know, they, come, they came, I remember the first time they came home and they're like, Dad, it's so crazy. They, they like worship Buddha. Like they had this statue and they had these rugs out and it's crazy. And they like put food for, for him. And I'm like, you know what you do the next time? You go over there and be like, hey, if he's not going to eat that, can I have some of that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And my wife's like, stop telling them that because my boys are rebellious just like I am. They'll do it. And just tell them, like, he doesn't need it. Look, he's got plenty to, right? So, listen, but we know that those gods don't mean anything, okay? But we also need to be sensitive because we know that there is a God. 
And we know that when people are worshiping and, and offering sacrifices and doing things to try to get right with God, what they're really trying to do is, is they want to be right with God. They just have the wrong God. And we do have the right God, the one that we serve. So we need to be careful with how we operate because guess what? If they're already kind of worshiping in that direction, man, it's, it's, hopefully it'll be super easy for God to get a hold of them and show them, no, this is the one who you were worshiping all along, right? And then he says this, okay? So however, although everybody worships, however, there is in not everyone that knowledge for some with conscience of the idol until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled, okay? So it's great. It's great that we all know. It's great that we all know that there is only one God, one true God. But you gotta remember what was going on in the Corinthian church. These people were getting saved, and they were coming out of this culture, they were coming out of this environment. And guys, this was going on for generations for them. It was a part of their lifestyle. And now they're getting saved, and, and their conscience is a little bit weak because it was like, um, I used to worship this God at this temple, so I shouldn't take anything from this temple. Because if I do, aren't I giving in to that God? So for them, it was, it was a little bit tricky and it was hard. And what Paul is wanting them is to be aware of, listen, just because you are believers and you came out of that and you have this knowledge, there are people that aren't on that same level. And we need to be understanding to those people. Not everybody's on that same level of understanding. And if you are, then that's your responsibility. In verse eight, he says this, but, and this is super important, okay? This is super important. But food does not commend us to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. Remember, what I said, it's not about the meat. And, and what are these people trying to do? They had this liberty. They're like, I can eat whatever I want. Jesus says, don't call anything clean that I've already deemed clean. Don't call it unclean that if I deem clean. And so we're not any better, and this is what some of us do as Christians, okay? Oh, what do you, like smoking. Let's take smoking for example, right? If there's a believer that smokes, they're like, I'm free in Christ. Like, hey, there are things in the Bible that it's like, hey, we can't do those things, okay? There, there's clean cut, hey, there's no if, ends, or buts about it. It says if you practice these things, you will not go to heaven, the Bible is very specific about those things. But then there's these gray areas, right? Smoking, Halloween, right? Drinking. There's some, there's, some, there's some things that are a little bit more gray. So somebody might smoke, and they have no problem with it. And there's other believers that are like, oh, well, you smoke. And now here's the battle that happens, right? Well, and the smoker might say, man, I have liberty in Christ. Like, sorry that you don't have those liberties, but I have liberty in Christ that I can, I can do this and it's not an issue. Well, guess what? Just because you smoke and you take that upon that liberty doesn't mean that you're any better or any worse at the person that doesn't smoke. Vice versa. If you don't smoke and you see somebody that's smoking that's a believer, guess what? You're no better by the fact that you do or you don't. Halloween. Halloween was just last week. And there's people and there's Christians that don't participate in that. And there's others that do. Now, listen, I said that participate in it. There's a difference between participating and like going all in on it, right? So how do we act? And how do we treat people? See, these guys, 
were like, I'm free, I'm free to do this, and I want to use my liberty. And that was their problem. Don't hold me back. Guys, we do this with our attitude sometimes. Our attitude can be in such a way where it's like, this is who I am, and if you don't like it, too bad for you. No. If my attitude is affecting somebody else, I need to check my attitude. I need to check those things. He says, beware, verse 9, beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block for those who are weak. Now, they were taking, they were taking all in their liberty, okay? And I got it, for us as Americans, pick up your feet because I'm about to crush everybody's toes right now, okay? Guys, we worship our liberty. We're American. We're Mer America. We worship our liberty. Guys, I was just in Mexico uh, just earlier this last week. And as an American citizen, I went into Mexico. I wasn't like, hey, I'm American. That doesn't apply to me. Psh, whatever. And I, I can't be like that. I'm in that country. Okay? I got to be careful on how I do things. I need to be mindful of that. The reason why I bring that up is because of this. Guys, our citizenship as believers, our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are just here visiting. Okay? And us as believers have the same liberty as, as, as somebody in some other country that is under some other kind of restraint. Our Christian liberty is the same. Now, them being in another country, they can't, they can't operate the same way that we do because we live in a, in a different country. But our liberties in Christ are the same, and we worship our freedom. And so back here where he says, hey, but food does not commend you to Christ, I'm going to say something I'm going to hit him real quick. Guess what? Neither does the shot. Whether you take the shot or you don't take the shot, neither does it con commend you to Christ. I know that it's a big struggle. And reading through this, hey, listen, guys. We are not Americans that are Christians. We are Christians who happen to be American. But how I treat people from the other viewpoints on what I believe, that's what's going to matter. But some of us get so plugged into my knowledge and my knowledge and I do the research and I know all these things, that's fine. And if you're so knowledgeable, then why is your life in such shambles because you're, all your relationships with people are completely at, at odds? We have to check ourselves and say, hey, you know what? I want to be known by God. And in order to be known by God, I have to model His love to others. And that's what the Corinthian church wasn't doing. Guys, and that's what we need to do. In verse 10, he says, For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? So let's, let's play out a scenario. It's church in Corinth, right? Let's just imagine. Let's go 2,000 years back. We're at church in Corinth. I'm giving this message, right? And then afterwards, you guys are walking by the marketplace, and then you see, you see me in some other temple eating meat. Like, wait, what? what? What in the world is he doing? Now, if you know anything about me, okay, many of you that do know, I'm cheap. I'm super, I'm super cheap, 
okay? And the temple was a place to get good meat for cheap. So that's where I'm going to be, right? Because at the temple, this is the way that they would do it. They would bring an offering. They would bring these animals in and sacrifice it. And so they would get the meat. They, there was a part of the, of the meat that was to be burnt for the God. Another part was for the priest to keep. And then there was other meat that was going to be left over. Well, guys, there were so many people bringing meat in, the priest couldn't take it all in. So then that meat was sold into different meat markets in town, or apparently they had a banquet hall, because he said if they see you in the temple, they had some kind of banquet hall at these temples, and people could eat there. And so these people, these Corinthian believers, were probably cheap like me, like, I want good meat for cheap, right? They're like, hey, let's go eat there to eat the meat. Well, guess what? Somebody that's just coming out of that environment are going to have a struggle with that. So we need to be mindful of those things and knowing, man, how, am I gonna, how is my choice on what I'm doing going to affect somebody else, right? Think of a, of a believer, of somebody that, that gets saved and they had an alcohol problem, right? And maybe they're sitting next to you in church and they just got saved and they see you all the time and you built this relationship and they're like, man, will you disciple me? Like, you know, I'm trying to understand the Bible. I'm trying to have this. And they're like, yeah, hey, well, you know what? Why don't you come over for dinner? And they come over for dinner and then you and your family, no big deal. You and your wife, you guys have a glass of wine every night. Just one glass, no big deal. And that person comes over to your house like, man, I can't drink that. What are you gonna do in that sense? You're gonna be like, well, that's too bad, so sad for you. Like, I can do it. That's my liberty to do it. You can't, but I can or you're going to be like, hey, you know what? No, no factor. Guess what? We don't have to drink. You know, you're going to pour it out. Or maybe you just don't do that. Or you're going to be like, hey, you know what? This discipleship, it's not going to work out. You know, maybe you should call the church and find somebody else to disciple you because I have this liberty and I'm not going to stop doing it because I have this liberty. That's not the loving thing to do. Right? You want to help that person along. Because remember, here's the thing, what he says. Hey, listen, this person has a weak conscience. You know, it's interesting that you think that sometimes, because obviously there was different sides of the camp, there was people that were like, hey, you know, kind of like Pastor Pat said a couple weeks ago, it's like, do I, I, I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't go, girl, go with girls that do, right? Where it's like, these people that had these rules in place, and sometimes we think like, man, they're so spiritually mature, look at them. You know, they got all this stuff on lockdown, and I feel like a heathen dog. He actually, Paul's kind of addressing here, their conscience is weak. They're weak in their conscience, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, Okay. The fact that something's weak doesn't mean that you put pressure on it. Actually, it means that you, you take pressure off of it. In 1 Peter, it says that husbands need to live with their wives in an understanding manner because she is the weaker vessel. And a buddy of mine, when I was, he called me up, talking to me about some things, and I told him, I was like, hey, man, your wife's a weaker vessel. He's like, yeah, try telling that to your wife. <laughs> and I was like, look, I know my wife's gangster, okay, but listen. She, it says weaker, which means that I am weak also, okay? And guess what? That means as a leader in my family, I need to be careful how I do things. And if you are a mature believer and you understand the freedoms that you have, you need to be super understanding that there's other people that aren't on that level. I'll give you another example that's happened in my life. So I, I was raised Catholic. And I was with a particular individual. I'm not going to call them out, just in case they end up listening to this. But I was with a particular individual who still is, is Catholic, uh, and, and we were working on a project, and he's like, hey, man, I'm super hungry. Let's go get something to eat. It's like, cool. And it was on Friday, and it was during Lent. And if you know anything about Catholicism, during Friday, in Lent means miserable time, right? Because they can't eat meat, okay? And so 
we're driving, and he's like, well, what do you want to go get? I'm like, hey, man, whatever you, whatever you want to eat, because he was buying. I was like, whatever you, whatever you want to eat. He's like, well, he's like, but I can't eat meat. Do you eat meat? Because he knew I was Catholic. I, you know, bring, brought up Catholic. I'm like, oh, bro, I eat all kinds of meat on Friday. I eat double meat on Friday. <laughs> you know what I mean? For all those, all those years that I couldn't eat meat, I make up for it during Lent. And he's like, oh. And I was like, you, I, seriously, you're not going to eat meat? Like, man, we've been working all day. You're not going to eat? And he's like, man, I can't. I was like, let me ask you this. Why don't you eat meat on, on Friday? He's like, dude, I don't know why. That's just what we do. I was like, bro, you don't even know why? I was like, that's fine. Now, here's the thing. I have liberty. I have understanding. Guess what? I have all knowledge. I can filter through here. There's nowhere that you cannot have meat on Fridays. Nowhere. I know that. And I can debate that with you. So I didn't tell him, hey, let's go because I'm going to go get a Baconator, right? Triple stack, right? I didn't do that. I was like, hey, you know what? Wherever you want to go eat, man, and I'll, I'll get a fish sandwich. That's fine. But listen, what I, listen to what I'm saying here, and listen to what Paul's saying. They have a weaker conscience. What would have happened in that situation as we were driving, and I gave him all knowledge, and I said, show me in the Bible, and we had this debate, and I won the argument. What's that going to do for him? Because you know that dude wants meat. You, you know it. You know that guy wants meat. And you know what's going to end up happening? I'm going to convince him that he can go ahead and have meat if he believes in Jesus Christ. And he's going to go home. And listen, you don't want to have beef with a Hispanic Mexican woman. It, that household is not going to go good. It's not going to go good for him. It's going to cause him to stumble. Listen, Christ died for him. Can't I die to my right to eat meat on Fridays just because I'm with this individual? because they're in the weaker position? Absolutely I can. Because the last thing I want to do, no pun intended, is for him and his wife to have beef, right? I don't want them beefing because of me. That's my opportunity. Yes, I have the liberty and the freedom to exercise my liberty, but I also have the freedom not to. And that's what Paul wants them to know this. Hey, the one that is more spiritual is going to be the one that acts according to the Spirit. And in order to do that, we have to remind ourselves, is what I'm doing or what I'm saying or how I'm acting or how I'm coming off, man, is that going to be known by God? Or is it just going to be known because I want to be in accordance to my will? Verse 12. But when, then, but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience... You sin against who? Who? Man, seriously? Because sometimes, let's just be 100% honest, we want to rub people the wrong way, right? Sometimes we just want to. And never. You're in church and you're lying. <laughs> listen, listen to what he says here. Guys, Sometimes we, we want to come off to certain people a certain way, especially when they treat us a certain way. And you know what he says? You're so focused on the person, but you know who you're really offending? You're offending Christ. Man, what if we just took that and practiced that in our homes and just thought about that with our children, with our spouses? Guys, what would it, what would it really do if we knew that every time that I was going to exercise my liberty, or exercise my knowledge, and I was going to impose that on somebody else? Just because, and you know what? Sometimes we want to do it because we want to offend other people. And I had the realization that, you know what? I'm really, truly offending Christ. 
Now are you going to choose to do it? Absolutely not. And that's how we need to think. Guys, how much different would our church be if we did that, or your homes would be if we just did that one thing right there? And we had the fear of the Lord. Wrapping it up, verse 13. He says, therefore, so all this other stuff that he said brings it into this one thing right here. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Man, it's like, Paul, why did you have to go all the way there? <laughs> Seriously, like, Paul, you were doing so good. Like, I was on track with you, but you're going to go there? I love 1 Corinthians, and 1 Corinthians also, he brings up the point where it's like, hey, man, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I follow Christ. It's like, man, what do I want? Am I willing to do that? Now, we got to be careful because now we can go into an extreme manner, right? Because here's what ends up happening. I will, if I need to, do things because somebody has a weak conscience, I will take that into consideration and, and, and do things, right? Just like I said in the sense of eating meat on, on Lent on a Friday, right? Hey, I'll go ahead and do that. I, I understand that because their conscience is weak. But listen, I am not going to make uh, allowances for somebody's legalism. Does that make sense? There's a difference. Because there's a lot of times that people can be super legalistic about things, and they're trying to impose this stuff, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's your legalism. Sorry. You don't get a pass there. Okay? For example, right? I, I, I have tattoos. If there was somebody that came up to me like, man, you know, you got all these tattoos. Like, I'd really like for you to just cover them up. You know, it just happened to wear long sleeves because it's winter. Nobody, nobody condemned me last night. But, <laughs> but if somebody came up to me and was like, hey, you got tattoos. I just wish you'd cover them up. And, you know, I'd talk to them about it, you know. But not necessarily maybe do something about it. But if there was a, a brother or a sister that came up to me, and I could tell that they had a rough life and they would probably had some tattoos and maybe they had some crazy lifestyle and maybe, you know, they got saved and they felt like that was a, a bad thing and maybe they were trying to, like, get tattoos removed and do some stuff and they're like, man, I just have a hard time and a struggle and you're up there teaching and, you know what, if that was the case, I'd be like, you know what, I'll wear long sleeves and cover my tattoos if that's, if that's going to be a hindrance for you. Because I, I love my brother and sister and I want to help them along. But I'm not going to let somebody just try to impose on me just because of their legalism either. So there is a balance because we do have those freedoms, okay? And we got to be mindful of that. So if you, we have convictions, we have, to ask, we have to ask ourselves before we go on to somebody else, man, am I just being legalistic in this sense? Or is it really a struggle? Because this is all what it comes down to. Is it a struggle that you've been coming through? And we need to be mindful. So ultimately, it comes down to these two things, these two points is this, in verse 13, you know, he says, hey, therefore, you know, if food makes my brother stumble, I'm willing to give that up for them. Ultimately, what Paul is saying is, thy will be done, not my will be done. And we look to the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus was at the garden, and he prayed to, the, to God, and he's like, God, please, Father, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way, if there's any other way, let it pass. Like, let me not have to walk through this. And then what does he say? But nevertheless, let thy will be done. See, Jesus is the ultimate example of what happened here. He had all liberty in heaven. And he left his liberty and put himself 
to be restrained by what we have here. And he set aside his liberty in order to save us. And so if, if we exercise that and there are things that we struggle with, do you think when we pray to him and we ask him to give us the power to endure this and to help us along, do you think he's going to give us that? By the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, absolutely he is. Because that's what he did. And so we have to ask ourselves these two questions as we get ready to close. Am I more focused about my will be done or thy will be done? And two, as he said in verse three, who do I want to be known by? Do I want to be known by the crowd or do I want to be known by God? And that's ultimately the question that I have to ask myself. And if I want to be known by God, I need to model God's love. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I thank you for Lord, a passage of scripture that is, Father, so, so plain and so easy for us to understand. And the hardest part is doing it. Father, help us this morning that we would not just be hearers of your word, Lord, but we would be doers also. God, I pray that there's things that, that maybe we struggle with. Father, I pray that we would really search you and ask you to help us with those things. Lord, or take that to a brother or a sister in Christ to help us along. Or maybe we've never really truly gotten discipleship. And, and there are some things that, that, that we struggle with that are these gray areas. And we impose that on other people. And we kind of puff ourselves up because of the knowledge that we have. Father, you, you, you sent your son to die for us. And Lord, the least that we can do is to die to ourselves. That we would pick up our cross daily and think of, God, how, how is this going to look to you? How are my actions or my words going to look to you? And Lord, am I going to be known by you? And God, help us with those things. I know that's a struggle for every single one of us. We didn't just show up here to just to show up. God, we want to hear from you. We want to know you. And so God, empower us to do those things. And Lord, uh, again, I pray for anybody in here that doesn't know you and doesn't know what the Christian life is all about. I pray that today they would have an understanding, Lord, that there is freedoms in Christ. Lord, but we're not to abuse those freedoms. Lord, and ultimately, Lord, you set us free so we don't have to give in to those temptations. God, and just thinking about that song, let me tell you about my Jesus, Lord. Not only, Lord, let us tell people about our Jesus, Lord, but help us to show people about our Jesus by the way that we love. God, we love you so much. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' mighty and victorious name that we pray. Amen.